morning and welcome. It's that time once again. The Patriot Radio News Hour live on this Tuesday. Heating up here in the Valley of the Sun. Matter of fact, I guess it's going to start cooling down on the weekend. Uh, which, hey, perfect. Let it be hot all week as long as it's cool on the weekend. I'll take it. The golf courses are emptying out. The prices are getting ready to drop. And then I'll play as much golf as humanly possible. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and it's already been a wild morning, and I'll bring you up to speed. Will we or won't we pull out of the Iranian deal uh, is the big news of the day. CNN, of course, that, now you don't even know who to trust. You can't trust anybody, really. Maybe me, right, because I always try to get a multitude of sources before I come to all of you. Initially, early this morning, said the president wouldn't pull out of the Iranian deal. Now they're reporting that President Trump told the French president that we would. Nobody really knows. The Dow is down uh, about up, uh, about 60, 65 points. Gold's down two dollars at uh, thirteen twelve. Gold was down a little more. Gold was down about seven or eight dollars when the CNN thing came out. Now back again. Uh, silver uh, is down about a, about a nickel thirteen thirty five. And as promised, today's going to be a really interesting show. We're going to go di- back down, you know, memory lane. Go back to through history. Uh, we're going to cover. Uh, when J.P. Morgan was testifying in front of the Congress in 1912. And, of course, what we didn't know, what Congress didn't know, was J.P. Morgan and his buddies had already met a couple of years earlier in Jekyll Island. And this was what? a year before the creation of the Federal Reserve and what they were planning. So we're going to revisit that testimony. Then we're going to fast forward um, to the Gold Confiscation Act, and I'm going to give you some history as to why. Because there's a little more to it than just uh, they wanted to go to, to fiat money, right? Fiat money didn't actually happen, well, at least... Full fiat money didn't actually happen until 1971, but uh, but I'll at least explain to you the extremely flawed logic of the central bankers. And listen, this is why you know. Quite honestly, I love I, I love uh, academia. I do. I'm not real great at it, <laughs> right? Now, my youngest son, right? He's one of those guys. Right, my older my my older brother, my younger brother, my my the one in the middle with me, the one closest to me, he's one of those guys. They're just they read the encyclopedia for fun. You know, they 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 have uh, a different way of viewing the world, if you will. Very, very intelligent. And you can sit there and you can come up with all these great theories. I mean, right? I mean great. Awesome. Unfortunately, when you really go and try to implement the great theories, at least when it comes to 
the economies of the world. It always, at least for right now, we had a big shift, and J.P. Morgan was one of the big players behind it. The four, I'll call them the four families, if you will, uh, that control the, the majority of the banking deposits in the world colluded and used the United States to do it and really did it uh, very subtly uh, as, I'm, I'm sorry, I got distracted. I just saw the gold screen going crazy. Uh, gold's now positive. I'm not sure what's happened yet, but uh, gold's now positive. Silver, same thing. Uh, I'll try to find out uh, what it is when we uh, during the break. But very subtly, right, they family members married into uh, government families. You know, you think about uh, people and families that have been in politics their whole lives and all of those things, and they strategically uh, placed family members within the ranks of Congress and met in secret and, and, and created the banking power that we know today as the central bank. And then we're going to talk about can the government confiscate gold again? Would they confiscate gold again? And then we're also going to tie in what are all the other central banks doing, right? And we've been talking about this. Why are they accumulating? And I think it all ties together and could be a very good indication of one of the scenarios that could play out as we watch the, really think about them all, right? Whether it's the dollar, the euro, the yen. Like, I really, think, I mean, think about it for just a second. Japan, there are days where no one even shows up to the auction, right? Because the, the central bank is the only buyer, right? What kind of tells you the confidence that the rest of the world has? The only time anybody buys Japanese yen is they use it for some kind of a carry trade, right? They don't actually want to hold the currency. They, they, don't, want, they don't actually want the yen. Is that the path for the dollar? Don't touch that dot. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. The website, the three W's dot all gold dot com. Keep you all comfortably disturbed. Keep you all in the know. I'll say this: Ramon's on fire in May. Another great, great uh, website out there today. You know, one of these. You know, when people talk about what separates us from everybody else, and, and the answer really is simple. Number one, we actually want you to be educated, right? We don't want you to not understand what it is that, that you're trying to accomplish. One of the other things we, we try to tell you is the name of the game is to acquire as much hard assets as you can and pay, right, the least amount possible that allows you to stay the most private. 
if you're a collector, we get at it, believe it or not. I don't know anybody out there, well, there may be a couple, a couple of guys out there that have more access to super rare, I'm talking coins that are, you know, 10, 50, 100 million dollar coins. If you're looking for something like that because you're a true collector, call us, send us an email. You know, if you go out to allamericangold.com, send us an email, tell us the coin that you're looking for. Be specific, you know, not just the year, but the mint mark, all that stuff, the grade. Uh, but for our 99% of our customers, they're not collectors, right? On all these guys out there, especially the guys on TV, they're the worst, right? They overpriced coins, call them collectibles when they're really just common date stuff out there. Uh, but that's what separates us. You know, we don't have a phone room. We don't call customers. If you call here, place an order. If you call in here and inquire about, you know, some information, maybe you want to inquire about the metals plan or inquire about an IRA, we don't call you again. We never call you. you got to call us first. The only time we call our customers is when you ask us to when, hey, call me when my check gets there. Or call me when the product's shipping. That's it. And that's what separates us from everybody else. Anybody can put a website up. Anybody can go out there and shoot a price out there. But we want to be more than that. We want you to understand what is happening economically. Because here's what we found out. Okay. Better fact, I've got them still in the studio today. You know, go going back to 2004. I used to tell the story about, you know, when I met Eric. You know, my, I was dating his niece. I was dating my wife at the time, and she actually was living at Eric's house. And I was, man, we just hit it off. We did. We all we had a great. We played a lot of golf together, and and I would tell uh, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. Gosh, I I just like I really like your I like your uncle. I mean, we had a full full on bromance going on, but I said he's nuts. <laughs> you know, I own tech stocks. I did right. I had I had Cisco and. And I had Amazon. Well, it wasn't Amazon. It was AOL at the time, right? And uh, what was it? Yahoo. Some of them that aren't even lucent, right? Some of these places are not even in existence anymore. And I said, you know, he's a wacko with tinfoil on his head. And I came when I started working here. After a while, I realized, man, he's not crazy at all. Matter of fact, I started looking at Fox News and CNBC completely different. And I started to turn into him. And I started listening to these guys on the idiot box that I used to think everything they said was the gospel. I was like, that's not true. <laughs> uh, that's not true either, right? And, you know, misinformation, all that stuff. And so I tell the story about the, the wacko with, with the tinfoil helmet, and I actually had customers bring me tinfoil helmets, and they're in my studio as we speak, and I'm just looking at them right now, and, and, and it just took me back. And you know what was funny? When the, 
whatever you want to call it, housing bubble, financial crisis hit, how many of you all of a sudden went from the tinfoil helmet wearing whack job to you're not, you know what, you're not that dumb. Maybe we should have listened a little more. And lately, lately, you know they've kind of, you know, the, the, you're no longer the wacko with the tinfoil helmet, but they're not necessarily listening to you right now. Because listening to you is a lot harder than having, you know, sunshine blown up your backside. But I'm going to tell you, they're going to be listening again very, very soon. And, uh, you know, we're watching all of this play out, and we're watching all the debts pile up. And, and so I wanted to take the time today to go back and understand how we got here. So one very prominent, you know, you had the Rockefellers and the Warburgs and 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 you had uh, J.P. Morgan, right, and, and the, the, the families, if you will. And one of the reasons why people were wanting a central bank was because a lot of people didn't understand banking itself. And people got mad when their bank would fail. And back in the early 1900s, right, there was no FDIC insurance, right? The bank failed. Whatever money you had in the bank, you lost, right? I mean, that was it. And so a lot of people, right, didn't put all their money in the bank. They didn't put all their gold and silver in the bank. And, of course, the bankers didn't like that because they couldn't lend out money if it wasn't first deposited. And so they would clamor that, hey, we need to have a central bank to, to, to give credit worthiness to the financial institutions so we can get more people to put their money in, so there we can make more loans, and i.e. we get to make more money. And so... In 1910, the bankers that controlled most of the world's deposits, and, and, and think about this. This is at a time where, you know, the gold rush is on and, and people by the droves are heading west. And all these other new banks are opening everywhere and taking the deposits with it. And they didn't like that, because they were greedy, and they wanted all the money. And they asked J.P. Morgan to testify in front of Congress in 1912 on the subject of Wall Street, right, because people were being manipulated, and they wanted to talk about potential manipulation of Wall Street from the banks themselves. And what they called the quote-unquote money trust 
or banking monopoly of J.P. Morgan and Company. In the course of his testimony, Morgan made one of the most profound and lasting remarks in the history of finance. Now again, I'm going to remind you, J.P. Morgan was already controlling the chessboard. And he was, I don't want to say that he was placating members of Congress, but let's just say J.P. Morgan was playing the greatest game of poker of all time. In reply to the question from the Congressional Committee staff attorney, Samuel Uttenmeyer, the following dialogue ensued as recorded in the congressional record. Uttenmeyer, I want to ask you a few questions bearing on the subject that you have touched upon this morning as to the control of money. The control of credit involves control of money, does it not? In other words, trying to bait J.P. Morgan into saying that the banks are the ones that control the money because they control the credit. Morgan's response, a control of credit, right, kind of like a... uh, a rhetorical question, you know, he answered it, or a control of credit? No, no. Control of credit doesn't equal control of money. No, he doesn't say that, he just says no. Uttenmeyer responds, but the basis of banking is credit, is it not? J.P. Morgan's response, not always, <laughs> right? Right? I mean, you know, let's face it now, they're, they've, they've got their hands on a lot of things. This is, this is an evidence of banking. In other words, the, the issuing of credit is evidence of banking, but it's not the money itself. Now, remember... In order for money to be created, credit has to be issued. How does the United States issue money? Treasury, right? They issue a debt, right? When the bank uh, issues a loan, they're issuing credit on a mortgage or a car or whatever it may be, a building, And therefore, it creates money. But here's what the profoundness was. The evidence of, this is an evidence of banking, but it is not the money itself. Money is gold and nothing else. And we've heard this statement many of times. I've now come to view it as twofold. Number one, he's right. When, he, when you think about 
a, a store of value. Money, sound money. Gold is it and nothing else. And I, and I throw silver in there, but, but gold is it. When you're talking about Federal Reserve, no. We're not really talking about money at all. What really what they're talking about is something that we exchange, right? It's more of exchange of a credit than it is actual money. Morgan's observation. Money is gold and nothing else. Was right with two respects. The first and most obvious is that gold is a form of money. The second and more subtle the the and nothing else part you know the first one right money is gold and that's pretty simple okay yep we know throughout history gold was viewed as a form of money but the nothing else part was that other instruments purporting to be money were really forms of credit Talk about why that's so important when we return. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by opposing radical feminism and representing a traditional conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. CIA Director Mike Pompeo, who has long been a much stronger Trump supporter than Rex Tillerson ever was, will step into his new role as Secretary of State without the baggage of a globalist mindset. Pompeo brings a welcomed outsider enthusiasm and focus that Tillerson unfortunately lacked. Tremendous energy, tremendous intellect, and we're always on the same wavelength, Trump said of Pompeo after picking him. The relationship has been very good, and that's what I need as Secretary of State. In addition to his stellar record of being first in his class at West Point and then serving in the Army, Pompeo has a strongly conservative track record as a congressman from Kansas. His positions include being outspokenly pro-life and taking many stances that fit hand-in-glove with those of Trump and the conservative movement. Phyllis Schlafly praised the freshman congressman Pompeo in early 2011 for sponsoring a budget amendment that would have cut $8.5 million from the EPA's greenhouse gas registry. Schlafly applauded how Pompeo observed that the registry would be the very foundation of the EPA's effort to pursue its radical anti-jobs agenda. Unlike Tillerson, Pompeo has been a leader in cracking down on terrorists from Muslim countries. When confronted with an alleged hunger strike at Guantanamo Bay's detention camp for terrorists, Pompeo took it upon himself to personally visit the camp and quipped afterwards that it looked to him like a lot of them have put on weight. With Mike Pompeo in charge at the State Department, Americans can be more confident that the interests of the United States will be foremost in any foreign policy decision-making. His bold stands should fit well in Trump's America First foreign policy vision. It took a year. But we have finally arrived to the point of let Trump be Trump, reminiscent of the moment in 1984 when let Reagan be Reagan started to carry the day. President Trump is acting boldly on his instincts rather than being blocked and dissuaded by naysayers around him. And there is no limit to what he can achieve with this approach. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. As President Trump fulfills his campaign promises, his accomplishments on trade, immigration, the economy, and protecting the unborn should be celebrated, not ignored or diminished. To track these victories, go to phyllisschlafly.com and find out what's next for the Trump presidency at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. 800-951-0592. That is our toll-free number. Here's what we've got today. There is exactly one case or 25 rolls of backdate silver eagles. You're going to save $10 a roll, 50 cents an ounce. They're at $385, but that's all there is. And then the price jumps to 395 right and we've been again we've been talking about this uh for the last couple of weeks now where all of a sudden the selling has stopped demand has picked up immensely premiums are starting to rise again and we're starting to have issues in coming up with the product on the gold side, so that's silver, 25 rolls, 385, do not wait. By the way, silver just went positive, uh, now uh, 1340, almost 13, 13, 1645. So 385 on rolls of 20 U.S. silver eagles. The gold side, we were informed late yesterday. There are none, zero, nada, U.S. $20 St. Gaudens available where we like to be at the very lowest end. Uh, we had a customer, uh, he bought 40 of them last week, and they, they told us that was the last that they had, and they haven't gotten any more since. However, today and today only, I don't know if it will even get to this afternoon until they're gone, we have about 75 MS-62 Saints. 75 MS-62 Saints, right? So those are graded. They come encapsulated in the hard plastic case, right? PCGS and NGC certified. And, of course, I always tell all of you, and all of you know now, right? Hey, we don't buy graded coins until Joe comes out because he's going to sell those graded coins way below market. Today, because we're out of the ungraded, you can buy MS-62 Saints at the same price as if I would have had a raw one today at thirteen ninety five at 800-951-0592. So MS-62 St. Gaudens. $13.95. And then, of course, the 25 rolls of Silver Eagles at 385 At 
951-0592. Now, we talked about J.P. Morgan, that profound statement. Gold is money and nothing else. And he already knew. I don't want money. If people have money, they don't need to put it in the bank. Because it's always going to have purchasing power. He knew that. He wanted the money in his bank. Because how did J.P. Morgan make money? By loaning credit. He wanted to get rid of money and go to a credit system. And because everybody knows, if you put your cash under your mattress or you put it in your safe because you think you're smart, right? Hey, listen, I do it. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I don't. I'm not like some. I don't have you know a hundred thousand dollars in my mattress or or even fifty thousand. But I do have some uh, what we'll call. Uh, cash where, hey, if things go bad, I've got some cash here for a little bit. Because here's what you know. Whether it was $20, $100, or $100,000. I always like to say, hey, go back to 1900 and do the $20 gold piece, the $20 bill, and the cow. But even go back to the 70s. Right? The money that you put away in the 70s, if you, if you got it out today, doesn't buy you nearly what it used to. It loses value. So it doesn't have a store of value. So therefore, ergo, you might as well just put it in the bank. Which leads us to 1933. Talking about the role of gold and how it ended. So we, we had the Roosevelt issued the bank holiday, right? Shut all the banks. And he and he said to the people of the United States that the country was in trouble and they needed the gold. And and people were more patriotic then and they said okay if the president says we we they need it and america needs it we got to give it to them when the government seizes gold they do it when it's most valuable right right because the credit is broken down right look at venezuela today could you imagine right you probably you know uh, if you bought some of those half dollars, you could have got your whole family haircuts that probably got changed in Venezuela today. During times when fiat currency has become utterly devalued, right, because it's the credit. When President Roosevelt made ownership of gold illegal in 1933, the move was preceded by the boom of the Roaring Twenties. Right again, remember, we put the, the central bank in one year after J.P. Morgan testified in Congress, 
And it didn't take them very long to issue a bunch of credit, did it? And, of course, the crash of 1929, Roosevelt didn't call it gold confiscation, even though we call it the, the Confiscation Act. The term Roosevelt liked to use was gold hoarding. Again, people didn't want to put their gold in the bank. What Roosevelt was being told was the only way to get the economy going was to be able to get the credit going, i.e. printing of paper. We're going to talk about that next. 800 We still got uh, three lines open. Uh, we had a case of Silver Eagles 25 rolls, 385. I'll try to get an update on that. And then uh, the MS-62 Saint, no-brainer at 1395. So I want you to understand, why did we need to confiscate gold in 33? Let me ask you a better question. Because there was paper money then. Why not say, you know what, everyone turn in their paper money. <laughs> Have you ever asked yourself that? Because the $20 bill and $20 gold bills, they were interchangeable. Right? Remember, the silver certificates, right? They were all interchangeable. Why not take the money? Well, the, the dollar bills, if you will, because they took the money. Why not take the credit? Because they had to have something of actual value. Understand that. As you sit in there, and I don't know whether you've got 10000 or 100000 hopefully you don't have more than 250000 in any one bank, sitting in your bank accounts, it's not worth anything. 1933 proved it. They didn't want your $20 bill. They didn't want your $5 or $10 bill. They didn't want your loose change, if it wasn't gold. They wanted your St. Gordon, right, the one that we're running right now. They wanted that. And they shut all the banks, and, man, J.P. Morgan was brilliant. I, and the more I study it, the more deviously brilliant these individuals were. Over half the banks had never reopened. Where do you think? Why do you think that is? Oh, they can put their money into J.P. Morgan, right? You get it. So they had to take the goal. How did they guarantee compliance? Well, that was real simple, right? Ten years in prison and a ten thousand dollar fine. That's like being I don't even what would that be? Ten million, maybe a hundred million today. But why? That's really the question that I'm gonna answer for you. Under the nineteen thirteen Federal Reserve Act, see members of Congress were skeptical. So they they did put in this clause. 
that the dollar had to be backed by 40% gold. In other words, if let's just say that the, the government had a million dollars worth of gold, right? Well, in, in, in theory, they could issue, you know, like $2.8 million of cash, right? got to be a 40% backing of gold. What the problem was, the Federal Reserve at the time in 1913, they thought that was enough. That was enough leeway to allow the Federal Reserve to print new money when it needed it. Credit. Right? How do you that's how the Roaring Twenties happened, by the way. Right there. They started printing a whole bunch of money. You had a boom and a bust. What does a government do when it needs to print money, but it doesn't have the gold reserves to do it? It passes an executive order, right, making the ownership of gold illegal. Remember, you couldn't even own gold from 1933 to 1971. I heard that comment from Warren Buffett. If you would have bought the index fund in 1942, it kills gold. Of course, two things were wrong with that. Number one, you couldn't even own gold in 42, Mr. Buffett. Number two, the fund you quoted didn't even exist. But I'm sorry. Anyway, that's a different show. So it needed the gold so it could print more money. This was the whole purpose. And it, and that wasn't even enough. Then they said, by the way, after they took the gold from the citizenry, they revalued it at $35 an ounce. Why? So they could print even more money. And then, of course, by 1971, the Federal Reserve finally was able to convince everybody, let's just get rid of gold altogether. We, we've got a bunch. But now we can print as much money as we want, and it doesn't matter how much gold we have. Created the greatest bubble of all time. But we've got hundreds and hundreds of trillions of dollars of derivatives, of debt, of this, of that. And now all of a sudden... You're seeing all of these countries buying gold, repatriating gold, and I've been speculating as to why. And it's because we're in the first inning of the of the debt crisis, right? All of these debts are getting too big to handle. We're starting to see countries... Uh, Collapse. We're seeing it in the states. We're seeing it everywhere. There's debt everywhere. And is there the potential for the government to, you know, hey, you know what? When we issue a new money, 
we better have some gold to back it up so people actually will have credit in what it is that we're doing. Just a thought, you may want to be one of those gold hoarders. 800-951-0592. Final segment coming up. Final segment on this Tuesday. Just a little history for you. Right? The the money that's in your wallet, the money that we go to work for, and some of us go to two and three jobs for. It's just credit. It's actually not money. And because it's just credit, right? You you put it in the bank because you know if you hold on to it, ten years, twenty years, thirty years later, it's worth so much less. And that's why gold is what they call the store of value. Gold is wealth insurance. You know, it, it, it's like car insurance. You get in a car crash. What you hope for is hey, I get a car back that's in the same condition or better than the one that was just in the wreck, right? It gets You take it to the repair shop, and they fix it, and you come back out, hey, it's good as new. Or if it gets totaled, and some of you learned this hard lesson, a lot more now because they're so far upside down, right? You don't get nearly as much for it, right? You're still behind. But why you store your gold, your money in gold, is because when there's an accident, gold keeps you whole. Still buy that cow a hundred years later. Right? Twenty bucks. It doesn't even get you a steak. And that's what it's for. And now you start thinking about really how did we get here? How did we have this fantastic Wall Street bubble and Warren Buffett and how did Warren Buffett come about? Warren Buffett he may be one of the greatest credit traders of all time. <laughs> of course he hates gold and he hates Bitcoin and all of course he does. <laughs> he made a fortune on debt. But for every Warren Buffett what is there? 10,000, 100,000, a million, 10 million Americans that barely can make ends meet or can't. Right? 62 million people now on Social Security. 90, almost 96 million people not in the workforce. And we've got a credit crisis. And it's coming. And, and they... You know, remember, we had one already in, in 07, 08. And they, they fixed it by what? This doubling down on the credit, right? And they kicked the can down the road for about a decade. Now we're here, and we're running out of road, and we understand a lot better today what J.P. Morgan was really talking about in 1912. Gold is money and nothing else, which is the most important part of that comment. Because really what he said was everything else is just a credit. The only thing that truly is money is gold. Because gold 
keeps you whole. And the banks hate it. Because if you had cash sitting under your mattress for 20, 30, 40 years, it doesn't work out so good for you. But if you did it in gold, it seems to work out just fine. 800-951-0592. U.S. Silver Eagles until they're gone at 385. MS-62 states at 1,395. This